Witness insurmountable deficits turn into unforgettable victories at the Travelers Championship, the Northeast's one and only PGA Tour signature event. See Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, Max Homa, Patrick Cantlay, returning champion Keegan Bradley, and other PGA Tour stars in all four days of competition at TPC River Highlands. The excitement tees off June 19th through 23rd. For tickets and information, visit TravelersChampionship.com. The Travelers Championship. There is only one. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. John Deere Classic picks, preview, one and done, a recap of Ricky's win at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, plus other things pertaining to golf that have happened over the past five days or so, because a lot has actually happened. So a reminder to all of you out there, smash a like for the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, give me your winner down in the description, or who you might be using as your one and done, because frankly, looking at this field, probably everyone is available to you. Tomorrow, Tambo will be on the show, breaking down the DraftKings picks. I'm going away for a few days. We're, we're moving the show up a day to make sure that we get it in. Then we got fantasy football the rest of the week. Adam Levitan, Justin Freeman, both on, plus me and Gary and breaking down the Elite Eight of the best sitcom bracket. If you want to get the best stats and tools, fantasynational.com slash mayo will get you 20% off. Get the monthly right now. Take yourself through the Wyndham Championship and boom, you're going to be on your way. Jeff Feinberg, what is it like to see Ricky win, but you not making money off of it? Whatever. that That's fine. I hadn't been there for two years with a bet. I wasn't going in last week. What about Do your, what, si- hold on. What about your secret bets? I had no bets. I swear on Justin Herbert's ACL. I had no bets on Ricky Fowler, on anything Ricky Fowler to win last week. When I make secret bets, I've like said this before, it's more like Adam Scott at 100, Gary Woodland at 150, you know, Tommy Fleetwood at 80. I don't make secret bets at 15 to 1. Like that would just be bigger than my whole card. Uh, But I have Ricky to make the Ryder Cup. So hopefully I think that's like as good as gold now. I don't care. It's sad, but a rocket mortgage can be worth more than like some other guy's elevated wins because that's just how the game's going to work. But uh, yeah, congrats to Ricky. Congrats to everybody who bet Ricky. That was great to see. And in, in awesome Ricky fashion, just like when you think he's out, he sort of pulled himself right back in again. So that was um, awesome, right? You think he's dead and then he goes like full pinstock bullpen stock um so credit credit to that that was that was amazing that was amazing good for rick i, I didn't win a cent. I, I didn't win a cent 
I did. That was great. And I got my one and done. I'm going to try to catch Cust here in the one and done. It'd be a nice little late season end. Everyone who got in on the players under the over of players under par really raked in a lot of cash this week. So much so that that bet is no longer available. But congrats to everyone who was out there. It was a fantastic week for me. Had to get off the schneid a little bit. I'm just thinking back like to the winners that I've had so far this season. They've been few and far between. But it's all been... Who just looks like they're primed to win? Like, I didn't do it with Jason Day at Byron Nelson. Oh, that one's super obvious. Finally got on with Victor at the Memorial when that looked super obvious. Ricky looked super obvious this week. Like, I, this might have to be a strategy I try to ride out the rest of the season to see if I can pick up another winner or two. Yeah, I mean, listen, there are moments where it feels like easy game. I mean, there are other ones. After the fact, they certainly felt obvious, like Brooks at the PGA. Uh, but, but yeah, you don't win. We used to say you can't win majors without form anymore. It's almost like you can't win period without form. Right? Like that. I mean, Taylor Moore, I was on him. He gave it a good run. He literally had no form. Uh, but winning without form doesn't even seem plausible at this moment on tour. Trying to think who was the last guy, who who was the last guy who won without form? What did Grio do going into his? No, he had a little form. We were kicking up. We were kicking up. That motor was already started. It started in Mexico a little bit. You call that good form being okay in the weakest field of the year? No, but he was Grio's a guy that rides form. Once Grio shows a little form, he like keeps it. We saw it last summer. That's the reason a lot of us were excited um, at Colonial about him. But there wasn't no form there with Grio. There were like the ticks of life, and we're like, maybe he can start. No, there were ticks of life because a lot of people on Grio Watch were like notifying Grio Watch signs are there. Yeah, you're right. He played well at Wells Fargo. He played well in Mexico. Top ten at the Heritage. Missed the cut at the yeah. PGA Championship. But yeah, you're right. He actually did show some form there. Some now I really need to rack my. I guess Kitayama would be the answer. Yeah, I guess I'm. Tr- yeah, I don't know. The or, last or winner fits. without form. <laughs> I'm off the top of my head, but maybe he did have form. I just certainly wasn't looking at him to win an elevated event. What I would like to say is the first time we've had under 20 to 1, I guess Brooks at the PGA, and depending on where you caught Victor, but under 20 to 1 um, here for, for Ricky, which is nice. Yeah, a nice 18 was hanging out there. I did see some people with a 20 when it first opened at the beginning of the week. I just, I, I went to, I mean, we can talk about the broadcast in a second, and there are logistical reasons for what happened. Paul and I were just talking about it before the show, especially as it pertains to Golf Channel, what they're showing versus what they can be showing. If this event had been an NBC broadcast instead of a CBS broadcast, all of these problems kind of would have went away. But people again, don't, it's people still, don't think about that. CBS has 50% of the events, maybe more. And that leads to this being a possibility way more than it should. I mean, I know I like to rant that like as hardcore golf fans, they make it hard because they put like walls in front of you in order to be a hardcore golf fan that they don't put in any other sport. In fact, they, like, help you break walls down. We'll give you more, more, more. This, like, I I almost was enjoying when, like, when casuals are angry, that's when I almost feel a bit of satisfaction in some respects. But I'm a sick fuck. 
it worked out for me because I went golfing yesterday and I was I, I couldn't figure out where to stream it in Canada at least in the United States you could get the CBS Sports app and boom you could watch it live no problem so I was streaming it through Sirius and their live broadcast while I was on the course it was like pouring rain so it was I was listening to it hole 14 Ricky has that like lag eagle putt he puts to like four feet um, and then, then, he, then he misses it. It's like, oh, God. It's like, here we go. So he's gagging away this tournament. And then we get to 17, and he leaves whatever chip that was, like, super short. He leaves it on the fringe. because I went. It's funny, because I ended up going back and watching the end of the CBS broadcast after I got back home, just to see, like, the holes that I missed visually when I was listening to them on the radio, just to see, how did this actually turn out? And then he misses that. It's like, oh, well, he's absolutely cooked at this point. It's going to be a two-man playoff between Hadwin and Morikawa. And you could sense the Morikawa thing coming. It was almost like when I had Morikawa against Rom earlier in the year, where you could just see Rom coming in the rearview mirror. It's like, oh, man, Morikawa. It's not that he's playing, like, awful. It's just he's not playing well, and Rom is playing amazing. And the same thing was happening. Almost the worst thing that happened to Ricky was it was, like, whole five six or four five or six whatever it was. He hit something to, like, 45 feet, and then he made the putt. He essentially... Although there's easier holes on this course, whatever strategy that like Rory and Victor had at the Open Championship last year, where it's like, well, I'm just going to play it safe and hit all my greens in regulation and two putt for par. That's what Ricky's strategy was, except Rocket Mortgage is a little bit easier. You're just going to gift yourself a few four, four foot birdie putts if you're striking it well at all that you can go tap in, especially on those early par fives. But it just felt like he got caught in that complacency after the par five on the front, number seven, like eight through 17, I don't think he made a birdie. It was just two putt, two putt, two putt, two putt every single time. And they weren't even like, he had the like one or two makeable birdie putts, but they were all just like lag it up there, tap it in. And he just allowed the field to come back to him. Anyone riding a hot putter was going to catch him. It just turned out that guy was Morikawa. All very well said. I will apologize for Ricky's lack of like dominant approaches because he seemed like he got wayward with the driver. Uh, and in some of those cases, you know, he had to play it safe or couldn't go at the pins. Um, but you're right. He, I mean, Hadwin hits that 13 footer on 17. Ricky's got the same putt inside the line. You just got the teach and he's like walking after it the moment he strikes it. And you're like, oh, my fucking Ricky. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Morikawa, unconscious. He had a lag putt on a par three, Pat. He left about 13 feet short, like on a slope. On and he a made slope. it. And he made the par putt. You're like, he is dead. Like, dead. And 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 um, he hits the putt. He missed like one eleven footer on the day. He was attacking. They showed he, he went, I mean, he, he was perfect with the driver, which allowed the approaches and I guess the soft courses allow allowed guys like him and Hadwin um, to play target golf from the fairway, um, and it certainly worked to a to an extent. But yeah, Ricky Ricky got caught in in a malaise, and you know I, I don't I don't really know. He couldn't get anything going, and you were like, oh no, here we go again. It's going to happen. Except this time, it was going to be a lot more critical than the U.S. Open. Like it was gonna, oh no, like I'm gonna have to turn this app off because everyone's just gonna be shitting on this guy and uh, that's not the content I wanna read. Uh, but no, it was great. We got the three man playoff. What a, what a hoot. I, I listened to a bit on, on the radio. I was surprised, Pat, that in Canada, even for the playoff, I thought TSN might give it to us. 
I really did. I know we we are so blessed here in Canada with golf compared to uh, our friends in the States that, you know, they use all those channels and sometimes we get it really effective um, coverage. And when CBS isn't on the air at three o'clock because of college basketball in like the, the winter and shit, we're, we're on. Or at least they're giving you live at and the leaders or what the main broadcast feed would be showing. I thought we would get that. Uh, with Hadwin right there, but that never that never showed itself on TV in Canada either. Yeah, I was surprised about that, and I think a lot of it has to do again with those rights deals that I saw that they had clicked over as soon as it went to the CBS Sports app uh, in the states. I clicked over to Golf Channel because they were still showing the end of the DP World Tour, and then it clicked over to the Rocket Mortgage. I was like, oh, perfect, here we go. But they were just showing it from the beginning of the round. Although the leaders were on ten or eleven, they were showing them all from hole one. I was like, well, I don't really. That's why I decided to go golfing. I was like, if I can't watch this anyway, I might as well just stream the radio but- broadcast. I turned off. The radio broadcast after 17. I was like, I, I can't fucking deal with this. Uh, and then I got rained out of my round after hole seven. And I checked the leaderboards like, oh, Ricky won. How did that happen? And I had to like go back. And it was I, basically the PGA Tour Twitter feed had each of the shots from everyone up there. So I pieced back together the round before I got to watch it like four hours later when the actual stuff had concluded. So it was a nice moment. I was glad for Ricky. To get the monkey off of his back with this, I think, I mean, I had talked about this for ages, that this was the perfect type of tournament for him. He had only been playing, realistically, these elevated events and really playing well in them, a lot like Jason Day. He was playing a lot of these elevated events. He never really sniffed a chance to win any of them. Ricky... I guess the U.S. Open was his chance to win, but the other ones like top 20, top 10, whatever it is, he was in the mix, but not really in the mix, a lot like Dave before the Byron Nelson, and boom, you drop him to one of these events where there's still good players, but it's not every good player in the world there, and all of a sudden, you kind of get your gimme win. It's going to be a lot different, which is funny. And maybe it's because of the names at the top, or maybe it's because who Ricky Fowler is, that now the conversation about him and the Ryder Cup is like, well, he's probably on the team. That if... Cameron Young goes out and wins this week at the John Deere. No one will give a shit. Yeah, I don't think we'll give a shit. I don't think the course fit. I mean, whatever. Wait, it doesn't matter about the course fit or whatever. I'm just saying that if I'm just saying, I am saying that if he wins this event, no one is going to give him any credit for winning. No, it's his first win. I think he'll get credit. I actually disagree. You no, got to get off the mat. You got to start right, somewhere. I'm yeah, not, I, I talked. I talked about the Ryder Cup. You think that the Ryder Cup's gonna be like, oh man, you won the John Deere Classic? Congrats. Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying credit. Like people are gonna poo-poo on him winning. Okay, to the Ryder Cup, you're right. He will not get the credit. He won't. He won't get the same credit that Ricky got. That's unequivocally true in terms of like. And you're right. I think we'll we'll be happy for him if he wins. But correct to to another side point you're probably trying to make is that if Cam Young wins this week and then I decide to bet Cam Young in a FedEx Cup event, people are going to be like, he doesn't want shit. He doesn't want shit, man. Um, so you're right. You are right um, to that. I, I can't argue that at all. A little mo- another moment on Ricky. I'll put air in your tires, Patrick. We did drafts. You drafted Ricky. You saw it at the Zozo. You no, I don't think you saw this like ins- you saw a win, but I don't think you saw this insane like week to week awesomeness coming. But you saw it at the Zozo. You drafted him. It's like wow, man, this big year for but Pat's in on Ricky. Like this is gonna be a big year. I remember that at Christmas, you were kind of in on the guy. So 
That was amazing. And we joked often schedule optimization. He just wants to go where his best friends are, where the big events are. He's invited to the invitationals like Jack and Tiger. So it just, you know, that's, that's a real thing. And it took a sponsor, you know, Tony will go to Mexico. He'll go to 3M. He'll go to rocket mortgage and schedule optimization. Ricky doesn't, but it took a sponsor to get him the shot. And a lot of people, as we made these jokes, like called for months, he's going to win the rocket mortgage. You know, always plays well here. So I saw people that were just like, no, I, in my head, I said he's winning this event three months ago. I have to bet it. I don't even care about the number per se. Um, it is what it is. Who gives a shit? He cashed. I want no money. I just like that he tried to gag it away twice and then ended up just oh. making two miraculous shots on 18. It's okay. This is probably also unfair to do. Obviously, his players win is his pinnacle moment. What would we say his second biggest win is? In my mind, I was going to say, I mean, if you ask me a question, you got to let me answer it. Well, I was putting the up. Uh, I was just. You, 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 oh, you were asking yourself. You were asking yourself a question. I get it. Nope, it wasn't. I didn't answer. I don't even know the answer. I, in my mind, the one that sticks out to me the most is the Scottish Open win. Because that was like what felt like in the pro, like when he was at his absolute best or what? Yeah. And I mean, I always really liked the Scottish Open. I think it gets very good coverage from NBC and it always did. Even before it was a co-sanctioned PGA event, it was a pretty good field. And it really felt like it was leading up to him winning the next week at the Open Championship, which did not happen. I, I guess the Phoenix win would be the one, but that was like the shittiest year in Phoenix ever. It was that like horrible like mist storm, and he had like a ten shot lead and almost gagged it to Brendan Grace. So there are two Phoenix wins, aren't there? I thought there was just one. No, because he lost. He lost in the playoff to Hideki. Didn't the Hideki? he? Hideki? Maybe there are multiple. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, you're probably right. He doesn't have enough career wins to have won twice in Phoenix. Uh, let's um, see. He won the Honda. He won in Palm Beach. Yeah, he won Honda. He won in the playoffs in 2015, the year that he won the players at TPC Boston. You win Valspar? No. Um. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah, I get. I mean, the Phoenix win though. Like as history goes on, Phoenix Phoenix status looks better on the career resume today than it did like eight years ago. It's like a premier event. I mean, forgetting the elevated fact, it has risen more than any other event on tour since even before we, I guess, started doing um, a show. But like Phoenix, Pat, it's like this new is the new Ricky M.O. I'm going to gag it away and then I'm going to go win it. I, I guess he needs to get to the lead first, then gag it away to give himself a chance to come back. Uh, would be the way that I would think about it. I guess his first win at Quail Hollow when he beat Rory in duh points, who's in the field this week, in a playoff in like 2012. That was fun because he looked like he was 13 years old. Yeah, and that was like a welcome moment, and Wells Fargo has been a launching pad. Um, it is funny when the broadcast was showing it that like Morikawa won more events, pretty much the same amount of events and more prestigious events in a year and a half than Ricky did for his whole career. Yeah, but, yeah, but if you believe the internet, Morikawa sucks. <laughs> what? Yeah, Tim wouldn't take him on the Ryder Cup team because he's no good. You take Gooch. Firstly, isn't Rome perfect for Morikawa? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a perfect course for him. 
Yeah. Um, all those Euro court, all those, uh, I mean, it's funny to think back because like everyone was off of him at the Open Championship. But when you think about Morikawa's like overall skill set, all those Euro courses are perfect for him because they're all like accuracy iron courses. And guess what? Rome's never, I mean, Morikawa's never been there, Pat. And what does Morikawa do the first time he lays foot on a property? Top five. Is play amazing. Yeah. He even went over to, he won the DP World Tour Championship, didn't he? Like, went over to Dubai and just won? This guy, like, uh, Morikawa never seeing a place. Well, I guess he obviously saw Harding Park and obviously seen some of these places. But that's a crazy, his wins coming in his first runs at places is quite impressive. So in and of itself, beyond all the other impressive things about him, that would have stung a bit also in the sense that, um, I guess for like Morikawa, everyone bet him last week. So few, if anyone bet him this week and he was, he was fan fantastic. Um, yeah. He almost got to his magic putting number. Where every time he gained, I guess he did come second, but I think that he's won every time he gains more than four strokes putting. He got to 3.4, so it was very close. And he was, I mean, maybe the playoff would have went on, but there's a good chance that Morikawa would have, like, hold it in the playoff if he had just hit it a yard shorter. With that spin coming back, it was directly behind the hole. Yeah, it was a lovely, surprising that one stayed short, but whatever. Oh, it didn't stay short, it went long. It, it one hopped and didn't spin back. The one hop went into the rough and got stuck, and then he couldn't. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of, of his chip. He had a he was in the fringe of, on 18 in regulation. It just stayed. It stayed short. Yeah. Sorry. Like when did I, when did he stay short? What happened? Um, yeah, I don't know if Morikawa was back. This should be fun. And now Pat, who's the best player without the win this year? It's more was Cow. Ricky even the best player? It's it's Morikawa. It's Hovland. I mean, uh, Xander and Cantley and Hatton statistically was maybe better than Fowler in some respects. Hatton is probably the answer to that question based on the performance this year. But uh, for all the shit that Morikawa gets, like he's had a bad run, um, like overall. But you know, he had the second, he had the third. He was winning the players for like ninety percent <laughs> of the players until he fell off the face of the earth. And then we forget he was top ten at the Masters. He was top fifteen at the U.S. Open. He was top thirty at the PGA championship he just doesn't have those high-end performances so it's nice to see him rebound a little bit in this way and like you say the ball striking is back he's now gained on the greens in three consecutive events so it's kind of shaping up for him a little bit if he can sustain that going forward and I, I pointed out when I dug into Cam Young on the research show on so I did it on Saturday this week but it's such a big difference like when you have a crippling flaw which Cam Young does like he's inconsistent with his irons but like whatever if he's not gonna have a good iron week he's not gonna win anyway but the putter has been so bad and it was bad for spurts last year too but he was able to mitigate that damage a little bit but every single week he was top three in the field in driving and he's still a great driver of the ball like looking back at his numbers they're like 2.6 strokes gain 3.1 strokes gain that's an incredible number but last year at this time when you look at his off the tee numbers it was like 6.1 5.6 he was like doubly as good off the tee and this is kind of what happened to Morikawa a little bit that he was gaining nine strokes a week with his irons he was like the best iron player in 20 years and now he's still one of the top five iron players in the world but he's like 30% worse at it. He's only gaining five shots a week with his irons instead of nine. And that's going to be a huge difference. Makes total sense. And that was a great point you made with Cam Young. I mean, the flaws are still the flaws, but the ultimate strength has dipped a bit. And and those are, those are where the strokes are coming from. As for Morikawa, 
it almost feels like he was unfairly getting lumped in to playing a lot worse than he actually was, as you noted that. Um, and I know Fina won in Mexico, but even before that, it seemed like I don't know, there was this perception he's playing so much worse than he actually is. It's almost like as of two weeks ago, a week ago, Pat, that people were lumping Morikawa and JT together simply because of the the streaks, you know, for their, you know, their talents to to have gone as long as they both have Morikawa specifically. But statistically, they've been two incredibly different performers. Are you surprised that Justin Thomas isn't playing this week? Or does he just need to get away? He, I don't know, man. He's in one right now. He's going to get got with the new FedEx Cup rule. And not in a million years could you think he would miss it. But now it almost seems maybe more probable than not. He lost um, six strokes around the green. And I watched a lot of Justin Thomas the first two days in Detroit. Because that's all the Justin Thomas you could get. He was always on the featured groups. He was chipping like eye chip. Like he had a downhill chip from like 10 feet off the green. It's like, oh, like I'm thinking to myself, oh, I got to land it just on the apron so it rolls down. And then inevitably I hit the ball three inches in front of me. He was doing that. And he's one of the best short game players in the world. So I don't know. Like, the confidence got to be gone for him at the moment. I actually think the move to Europe in a few weeks is actually a welcome change for him. Just a different style of golf, one where he's actually played pretty well, like at the Scottish over the years, just all of the things that you need to do at your typical PGA tour course, where, you know, you know chipping off the tight lies, not being able to bump and run all of that. Cause we used to see it with Spieth a lot too. When Spieth would kind of go into the hole a little bit, you get him over at the Scottish and you get him over at the open championship. And all of a sudden he can be super creative with his shots again. And sometimes that's all it takes to like reignite a spark. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if anything's going to pull him out of this hole right now, it kind of feels like just a different style of golf might be the answer. 100%. And JT doesn't need to look far. Like, his inner circle, like there are positives and negatives to his inner circle in the sense he'll know. And I'm sure it's, you can be reminded of it easily looking in his trophy room. Everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. And maybe it's the smallest little fixes that happen in practice where it's like, boom, he's fine. But on the other side of it, and by seeing Ricky and Jordan, everything will be okay. But the other side of that coin is he could only be halfway to the bottom right now. If that makes any sense, either. Well, we saw it happen. Those guys we, we went saw lower. It, yeah. Like those, like it can get worse. You like you'll be okay, but you might not even be at rock bottom yet. Because we thought for a few times a lot of these great guys were at rock bottom, and it just like holy shit. But at the same time, when we want to take our shots and and have things, it's an easy point to, like look at what the talk was. We all, I mean, 98% of us said something that looks stupid now as it pertains to Brooks Kepka in, in November or whenever that show was released. <laughs> and he's like missing cuts in, in like Asian tours and shit. And then here we are. It's, it's a few months and look where we got. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hyperbole around it, but it's messed. I'm not betting them. Guys don't win with four. That's all I'm really thinking about at the moment. But I'm not. He's not off my Ryder Cup team yet. No chance. I don't think that he could play poor enough to fall off the Ryder Cup team, unless someone came. And at this point, it would probably take like three guys. Like if all things being equal, if Finau, Burns, and Cam Young don't all start playing well right now, JT has a spot over all of those guys. 
I agree. Missing the FedEx Cup, though, would be a horrible indictment because then you're not playing in the lead up. And then it's like, oh, shit. Maybe um, he'll go play the uh, the Irish Open at Wentworth to show he his might commitment. have to. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, so missing the FedEx Cup would be deadly um, in some respects. And I just mentioned how that in some ways feels probable. But I, like you, am not near this place of him not being on the Ryder Cup team. A, because of the equity he has, and B, because his mom's a vice captain. Like, he'll, she'll just call and they'll figure it out. Like, my kids started camp today. <laughs> if the cabins weren't to our liking, mom calls. Do you have uh, any sense of how the live guys are going to be treated for Ryder Cup, like Brooks' exclusion? Because, I mean, Cuss continues to bang the drum for Taylor Gooch to be on the Ryder Cup team. And I was talking to Paul about it before the show that I, I think because, I mean, when I played golf with Cust on the weekend, he's like, well, Gooch is better than Ricky. It's like, well, is he? If Gooch was in the Rocket Mortgage field last week, what do you think his odds would have been? 25, 30? I'm trying to think who like, was 25. Who was 25 last week? Keegan, Sungjae. Yeah, yeah. Keegan, Sungjae, Hideki. Yeah, fair. I mean, sure. I don't know how. I mean, Valderrama to me is a worthwhile win in all like subfield or not full field events aside. Like to me, 54 holes at Valderrama against the guys that are at that top of that leaderboard is is noteworthy and worthwhile at the same time you're beating the same nine guys every week that's yeah, all it you're is the same nine guys he won one pga tour event in the swing season so he doesn't have the like p- the equity going there that a lot of guys have that we just know they're really good he went before he could cement that in many ways to um the american golf fan i don't think i mean Cust even DM'd me this morning. Not our group. DM me to make sure we talk about this, Pat. Like, he, like, wants us to have the Gooch debate. I think him winning means it's happening. We love him. We're Range Goat super fans here. He's not on my team. He's not. He doesn't get Ricky's spot. He doesn't get Wyndham's spot. He doesn't get well, he, Tony Finau's say, spot. He, he can't get Wyndham's spot. Wyndham's on the team with points, <laughs> just like Brooks. Like they're on the team. They can't. I don't think they could realistically fall out I, I, at I, this I, point. Him and Max Homa are friends. Whatever. So you're friends with like the ninth guy on the team. That's not like your mom's the vice captain, like the other guys we spoke about. Yeah, and to look at it. I mean, I really wish the Range Goats would actually get some of these team wins now that Gooch is winning events. They can't even win the fucking team event. El Torque is winning every stupid event. They're in third. We need, we need them to come. We need Bubba to start playing better on Live so we can win our Range Goats bets. That would be very nice. But to look at it, let's say we remove Gooch from the equation and we just put him back on the PGA Tour and we remove Russell Henley from the PGA Tour and put him on Live. Wouldn't he... like? Maybe Gooch is better than Russell Henley, but I don't feel like they're that far apart. That's the problem. I know. <laughs> Gooch left before he could build that equity. Where we, where, where you, a guy that watches everything, and you don't, I mean, you have biases, but your biases are like very, like small. So you're not just here to, to gas can Gooch. 
that you now have to have a legitimate argument. Maybe Russell Henley is better. I don't have an answer, but I'm saying Gooch left before we could know that. And, and and I don't know what to do with that. He's yeah. not on my team. Yeah, like Gooch, He's not on my team. Like Gooch or Chris Kirk. I'd lean Gooch because there's a I, ceiling. He's younger. It's like I there's sure. still there's a known for me with Kirk with Kirk. There's still actually an unknown with Gooch. Like he could even be the I don't want to say the greatest live golfer ever. <laughs> well, he is. He I, is. He is the greatest I'm, live golfer ever. But I'm just no, saying, like, I'm saying, but but I'm saying, like, I don't know. Like, Kirk has a win this year. Kirk's played well. I mean, Gooch showed up to one major and was god awful, like in full 72 hole events against the world's best. He hasn't been very good, although it's a very limited sample. That's why, like, if I'm going to take a live guy, I'm taking fucking Dustin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like the that's the answer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, you're right. It does feel silly. He can't even beat Dustin. Why are we having this argument? But I guess Tim would say you you, you take all three of them. To defend Gooch, I will agree that like his ceiling is still a bit unknown. Like He could be still way better than we're giving him credit for. He could even be better than Tim thinks he is because he's young enough where that seems you know, plausible that there is an unknown with Gooch in terms of how good he could be versus I'm pretty sure I've got a full grasp on Henley and Kirk. Sure. But like, let's not pretend that Gooch is 22 years old. Dude's in his thirties. <laughs> okay. Another valid point because in the same moment in 10 minutes from now, I'm going to say something like these dime a dozen 30 year old Europeans you would take over Ludwig Edberg. <laughs> Get a clue. When all I need is 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 like single round ceiling, whatever. I don't know that that was its whole little thing on uh, on Twitter. I bet golf for fun, and I will tell you, I felt like I got my money's worth on Aberg by the end of Thursday. Now these people that like bet golf professionally might be like, "You're an idiot," but I don't care. I do not care. Also, the number that you bet Aberg at last week was not the number you bet him at double the number he closed at. Yeah, so. and I wouldn't have bet the number he closed. No, I wouldn't have I bet agree. the 28. That is crazy. And when you bet outright golf, Pat, we speak about it every week. It is like the, the rule number one in trying to figure out and knock guys off your lists. I need to find reasons not to bet a guy. Someone saying it's his third ever start, I'm just not betting him to win. That's like a good enough reason. I, like, I totally get that. But I, um, again, I saw, and I probably wouldn't, have bet him last week if i didn't see him in person i told you that's gonna end up still being expensive i'm not bet doing it this week at least i certainly don't think so i don't know how i could figure that out with the approach um anyhow well hold on one, one second it, for gooch obviously he's played the best of the live guys and i don't think that there's any question that dustin would be picked ahead of him if they do go down that well and let's say that reed didn't have any of the reed baggage just based on his history like wouldn't reed be a better pick I love Reed. Forgetting baggage, I don't know how you could stand for Reed over Gooch at this I, moment. I mean, you could stand for him by just looking how he's performed in the majors this year against all of these guys. I, I'm here. I, I could literally convince someone that Reed is better than Gooch. Like that wouldn't be hard for me to do. Um, other than Tim Anderson, maybe. But now, but now, but when you're in the Gooch talk, like Dustin, I think is in a category on his own. If Dustin doesn't make the team, that means they're not taking any live guys. 
So if they, let's say they do open up that door and take Dustin, and then Gooch is on the table, now you have certain, like, I know, we kind of joked about Denny. I'd rather have Gooch than Denny, 100%. But would I rather have Gooch than Thigala? I don't know. Maybe? Like, if you want to talk about an actual young guy that you can build experience for, Thigala seems like the one. No. Yeah, but, okay. There's no room for this, U, like, this USA team... Tagala isn't worthy of that. Let's get him experience in the way Scheffler proved to be worthy of that in his lead up to his selection. Like, I don't even see them in the same way. And there's way too much talent, in my opinion, in front of Tagala to even make that a, a realistic option. Also, as for Denny, I mean, even bet him this week. But those Ryder Cup talks, like, send that shit to the sun. <laughs> Take a get on a ship and go to the sun. It'll work out. I want it to work out as well as it did for the Titanic folk. Like, oh, Denny Christ. on the Ryder Cup is insane. I'm not buying any of that. I'm not. I'm not. And he's perfect. This is he from the if he's from the Midwest, he he he'll he probably win this event for seven straight years. Yeah. Like he, Stricker and Zach did. He's from Maryland. He's perfectly profiled. Well, the, the problem, I and mean, when we get to this, the problem with Denny as being the favor is that this field is just a bunch of Denny McCarthy's, but at better odds. <laughs> There's poor man Denny's everywhere. You're right. But again, I don't know. Just guy, give me a guy from the Midwest who hits all his putts. That's who I want to bet. Um, not actually, but I don't know. We Did, can talk about the field. I wasn't on Ricky last week. I didn't want to bite the chalk on Ricky. I cannot bite the chalk on Denny. But if he wins, I'm happy for him. But get the Ryder Cup arguments out of here. Out of here. It's funny because if Cam Young wins, it won't be held against him, but it won't move the needle for him for Ryder Cup. However, if Denny wins, it will. People will be like, it'll be like the Kisner thing all over again. At least Kisner won match play. (laughs) Like, at least there's a quantifiable. This is the lone format to which we do at the Ryder Cup. He excelled in it. He's a course fit in some respects. I mean, I'm not speaking for this year. Like, I hated those arguments, and they annoyed the hell out of me. And I feel like people, whether they believe it or for engagement, will probably do it again. And that Denny's amazing. The way he's played at strong fields, in in weak fields, like he seems, his putter is, I mean, his game is kind of course-proof when you hit the putts like he hits the putts. You're course-proof. You know, last week we are at a bomber track, but it was two two guys who just attack with iron. Well, Morikawa doesn't hit his putts, but weren't Morikawa and Hadwin one and two in the field in putting last week? Uh, no. Uh, Taylor Morgan. Morikawa was number one or two on Sunday. It was T- Sunday putting. T- Taylor, Taylor Moore gained 10 strokes putting last week. Yeah, dude, when Taylor Moore made birdies, he was like 25 feet away from the hole. Yeah, the stats would show he that. He wasn't like hitting it to three feet like the other guys making birdies. Yeah, Hadwin gained 9.8. Taylor Moore gained 10. Moore Cowboy gained 3.4. Uh, then it was Sorry. like Lucas Glover, Malnati, Sungjae, Keegan, Willett were all up there in terms of putting. I take that back. I think it was a single, it was a Sunday round split that Morikawa might have been one or two. I heard that on the radio. And the radio also mentioned I'm not like a shot shape guy. But how like um, every pin was on the right hand side of the green just to fit Morikawa's fade. Yes, but they say Morikawa uh, like a long time. He's been battling. He's been battling um, 
the miss and he apparently he told the radio guys like he feels amazing like his miss is not there anymore and he showed that yesterday clearly Mm -hmm. all right anything else did you see the memo that dropped the tiger stuff like i'm just so fucking over this i don't care just tell me how it ends and i'll be there yeah i didn't really understand any of it and truth be told i was not on twitter a ton for obvious reasons but it was also a holiday weekend here like twitter's gonna go down let it go down on saturday of of canada day (laughs) do you know what i mean like i don't give a shit care um that's a perfect time to go down touch some grass i could use it like although although pat i am one more no laying up joke away from thirty thousand followers why are you pick up followers from uh ragging on no laying up oh it's you like like dude firstly they all came at me last week which was a moment in in fairness it did seem like you went at them no you're right but i've gone (laughs) at them before pat and they never have replied last week every single person in the organization replied so clearly i struck a nerve but what what i always come away with is like how many people like the amount of followers i get for making fun of them or like the the comments that are like so much ruder than like anything i would type directed at them it's crazy crazy people really i mean obviously they have a huge following they got another side too like i'm always amazed at how many people actually don't like them because i think everyone likes them but me but i'm always clearly wrong on that yeah, I actually take that back. I actually like, I like Tron. I like Randy. I just, it's a, it's a little guy. No, 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 no. Soft. <laughs> what are we thinking here? I don't know. I just hope this show can get to the level where we have anti-followers that people can pick up followers by oh, hating on wouldn't us. Wouldn't that be great? It'd we be got nice. a few. We yeah, got but, a few. But, but we, you, 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 listen, it's not that we don't have... People who hate us, obviously people hate us, but they're not picking up followers from hating us. Our our anti-level, we're just not big enough. We need to get bigger. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. You're right, you're right, Pat. But listen, I don't want to, like, put it out there, but it's also one of those things, and it's just part of life. Like, the moment you have your corporate tentacles, like, put in you, like, the game just changes a bit. Like, it just changes. And I respect it from their end. I will say, I thought it was very disingenuous. I thought it was very, very disingenuous. Well, true. Well, true. Still disingenuous. When they're like guy from ESPN who's come over to be their big like editor and help them. Uh, sounds like he played for the Netherlands in football. <laughs> KVV. I can't even pronounce the name. Uh, and I, I like him. But his whole like respond to me is like, oh. Yeah, it's crazy we deleted tweets. It's not like our opinions don't live on 500 podcasts. That's a fair point like, on their part. And I, I will give him that. I, w- I said that is true. That is true, Pat. But here's the other part. Like, I would be absolutely eviscerated if Tua won MVP or something and the Super Bowl. And then I delete, like, all these tweets. And I'm like, hey, listen, the opinions, they're still on the podcast. You want my opinions? They're on the podcast. They live forever. They're like, be eviscerate. And maybe, again, in this, like, how do I put this? In this world of the internet where 
we are in, which is more of like a DFS and gambling space than the golf lifestyle stuff that they are a part of and much of which I enjoy. In our little niche, I feel like deleting tweets is um, like on gambling Twitter, deleting tweets is a lot more egregious than I guess maybe in their orbit. I, I just think that it doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think it's you see you you weird. see you seem to take it very seriously. Ninety nine percent of people don't care. You're right. Ninety nine percent of people with me don't being care. in that ninety nine percent. Like I don't care if you delete your tweets or not. But I'm just. I saying, saw one from. Uh, I saw one from. Uh, who was it yesterday? Uh, Ryan Burr, victory lapping the Colin Morikawa win. I saw it show up on my timeline, and then I, I went and looked for it later, and it was just gone. <laughs> like, all right, whatever. What? Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Who's a Burr? What's Ryan Burr? What is that? I don't know, he's a golf guy. He's on uh, on the PGA broadcast. They, they just He quote tweeted of, who do you think is going to win this week? He gave out like three names. Good on him. They All, all three of them played really well. He's like, told you Morikawa was going to win, then it was just gone. <laughs> okay, and I'm sure people made fun of him for it. Or not. Because they don't care. I think it's weird where the people with that sort of platform delete tweets on the biggest story we ever had in the sport in our little in our circle. That's I just find that weird. I don't know. I I might go delete all my tweets. Just wipe it. Do wipe, it. Wipe the slate clean. Just zero tweets. But, there, but you don't. You, uh, you will say you might. You might tell me I'm wrong here, and I'm wrong a lot. I like to think when I'm wrong, I'll just say I'm wrong. You rarely like tweet opinions. This is true. I'm more of a bot. So delete your tweets. There's no opinions. I don't mean even mean that as an insult. Your no. Twitter serves a I, purpose. And I, you keep I, the I say I save it's my on opinions that you I, don't have opinions on look, Twitter. Look, they save them for the show. I save like Howard I save them for the show. Exactly. Wow, giving them away for free on the goddamn Twitter. You do five hours of content a week. You got to have your opinions. Five, five hours. Underselling me on that one. Be real. <laughs> Nine? Yeah, somewhere between that. And I'm not including the time that I take to do research or write columns. Oh, no, I wasn't including the research. I was just saying like a day, a show a day, about an hour a show on. Uh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to, to short sell the content wow. output. I didn't mean that. Yeah, you're coming at me now, huh? No, 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 Come Am I, on. I, I mean, you're trying to really craft a narrative that these guys are your biggest rival at next year's Custies. Are you trying to put me no, on no, that no. list, Here's too? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They're not even, like, capable of being... They're, like, in legacy category, Pat. Like, to put them up in the in the single-year rival would be, like, pointless. Well, I, I can't wait for you to do a 180 on them and, like, join No Laying Up, just like you joined the Justin Rose bandwagon. Yeah, but I didn't delete the tweets, and I just admitted that he. I thought he was. I I thought no. I just thought he was. Um, how do I put this? I didn't think he was as cool as he was. But you just you you just he stares at you in the eyeballs, and he winks at you, and you're like, "Fuck, is that cool?" Uh, and I'm not a tall guy, but if I see Solly at um, out for breakfast in Scottsdale. If he winked at me, I don't know if I'd see it, but um, I hope to see it. But I don't know. They're legacy category, Pat. They couldn't even be a single year thing. Well, That's Paul, legacy category, like with Rovell. Paul, you're the one who keeps tabs on all of this. Well, what's your opinion? Because ultimately, you're the decider. You're going to have to relay the message because I don't have a microphone in front of me. Okay. But 
I can see the microphone in front of you. Is it not plugged in? I can't hear. But you can relay. We Oh, we need to do like a draft cheat Jeff versus Sully boxing match. Yeah, yeah. I do. That. Good, good, good. I've, good. Never, I've never thrown a punch in my life. That's I a, would fight Sully or Rovell for can, like a can, content rank. Sure. Can, can I bet on like over under when people gas out from cardio at like thirteen seconds? Yeah, I've never thrown a punch in my life. I'd throw that. I would take that fight in like a charity thing. I don't actually. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I don't actually like want to punch the guy. It'd have to be like a charity endeavor. I don't really even know him to hate him. I just think he's, I just think he's the worst part of an otherwise really good enterprise. All right. Well, that was fun. Let's move to the John Deere classic. 47 minutes into the show. I I, I didn't feel like I was going to be like excited for this event. Because, you know, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to play Banff Springs. That's going to be a lot of fun. Going to the Calgary Stampede with my wife. But kind of excited for this. Might be streaming this on my phone while I'm at the ro- rodeo. Unless that's like, you know, time, take time zones out of it. Maybe it'll be over by then. I can watch it during the day. But I was doing the research show. I got kind of fired up. There are too many guys I want to bet this week. And all of their odds are terrible. <laughs> yeah, and they're all like in the middle of the board, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sort of in the same predicament, Pat. So when we go to the top... And we take a look at it at DraftKingsSportsBook.com. If you place a bet, place it at DraftKingsSportsBook.com. Denny, actually, Denny is Denny, Cam Young, and Henley are 16 in real time. Uh, as I just updated the page, Denny has dropped to 14. Cam Young's at 16. And Henley's back up to 18. And then you got Aberg and Hadwin at 20 and 22. And then let's see, Shank has dropped to 28 down from 30 in real time. He was 30 when we did this. I bet Shank at 35 this morning. I think everyone's going to bet. I I think the numbers are very clearly indicating that everyone is betting Shank at the moment. And he kind of fits the narrative that we've seen. Like, are we going to dig into the stats and try to overthink this? Or are we just going to think to ourselves? Just think. Who has been the closest to winning this year and hasn't had a win? The answer is Adam Shank. Isn't the answer Denny McCarthy? Not really. He had one event where he almost won. I thought there was more than one, but he, he I could came, be wrong. He came second at Memorial. Memorial. There was, yeah, that's it. Okay. Memorial. Like he's he's had good performances, but he's sort of in that. Maybe maybe this is a better case. He's in that day and Ricky zone. Like he finished top ten at Wells Fargo. He had no chance of winning. He finished top ten at the Travelers. He had no chance of winning. He finished fourth at Pebble Beach earlier this season. He had no chance of winning. Shank got stuck behind a tree on the seventy second hole to lose at the Valspar, and then he lost in a playoff to Grio. Yeah, that was a bad beat. I like Shank. He's a Midwest guy. He's a farmer. He can come here, hit his putts. Like that's uh, maybe I've seen when Bryson won here. Was he even a masher yet? No, he was just, like he, still he was, little he, Bryson, right? He, he was little Bryson. And he beat P. Raj with a nice little Dude. putt from off the off the apron of the green from above the hole. It was very nice. Oh, dude! And that morning, that morning, oh my God, P. Raj made sure had his passport ready to go for the <laughs> charter, Pat didn't happen is this the beginning of open championship qualification season i'm not sure but this used to be right before the open so they'd come they'd go from here to the open that's why it was like uh, yeah this was the winning in event but i believe the barbasol is the winning in event now you you're you're probably um 
you're probably right on that. Uh, yeah, Shank, for obvious reasons, seems super popular. You got to swallow a lot this week. I mean, Shank was 90, 180 last week. Now you're down to 33, but I don't know. I could still, I could still get there. As for the very top, I didn't bet Ricky last week, who seems so due. I'm not betting Denny, who seems so due. It's a, I mean, it's a, will- it's a weaker, it's a weaker field. But I'm with you that, listen, to bet Ricky, who's been, you know, almost won the U.S. Open, been contending in elite fields for the past eight months, and we know the upside that he can possess, I think that makes a bit more sense at 18 to 1 than Denny at 14, who's good, but if he doesn't make 90 feet of putts a day, he's not going to win. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, and I just, like, again, in my head, and I'll feel like, miss. I don't know. Last week kind of feel like I missed. I don't know that I feel like I missed Denny, but it does feel obvious. On that note, I'm not betting it, but these Russell Henley numbers, I would like to say, and I'm not shrewd, I am not methodical. If you bet those Russell Henley to win the Travelers at 40 to 1, and you're not betting him to win this one, I think you're crazy. You, but he wasn't, he wasn't 40 crazy. to 1, though. He was like 80 to 1. No, he went off at like 40 to 1. Yeah, but no one was betting the 40 to 1. Everyone bet the 80. That's how it got to 40. I, I bet I bet the 80. <laughs> and it wasn't even 80. It was like 66. All right, well, then I bet the 66, whatever it was. It wasn't 40. And then it, I'm just saying, if you happen to do that, and you're right, you're in a different classification, but if there were people that ended up betting Russell Henley at that number for that Travelers, I think you have to bet him here. That's just my opinion. I'm not betting him here, but I didn't bet him at the Travelers. Because um, I look at that field, I look at this one, I don't mind like a over 50% slash there. Like, I don't think that's unfair. And I think this tournament he can actually win. I never thought he could win the Travelers. But I didn't think Keegan would win the Travelers. Didn't bet him either. So As for where you are, though, Pat, I have, well, it's this whole range. It's Shank. It is... We're not, cold. we're not even it there is, yet, so we're not even at the range that you're talking about. How did he hit Shank? Because Shank's at 28. People hitting that shit. Yeah, that, that, I mean, if you would listen to what I said about Adam no. Shank when I read off the names, you would have heard. He's down to 28 I, well, I because everyone's betting Adam Shank. I guess. I mean, he's still above, but yeah, that makes Ab- above sense. Above what? I went <laughs> up to 30 to 1. I'm saying you could still find him above, but maybe by the time this comes out, it won't even exist at the rate he's moving this morning. So Denny, I can't do it at 14 to one cam young. Just, I think the form is too bad. Although he is the class player of this field that maybe this is what can turn around his season. Henley. I mean, Henley rates out really well. I actually was giving some consideration to Hadwin because this is a perfect Hadwin course driving means fuck all. And he's putting and he's hitting his like wedges really close. That's all this course is. He scared it. He scared it last week. Uh, it was really nice to see for for Hadwin, who, I mean, last week was insane, right? The nearly 10 strokes, Pat. But I remember the rumbling around him the week of Canada, and it had almost, it may have even come from his own mouth, was like all year he felt like he wasn't putting nearly to his standard. Nearly. And even though he was gaining strokes most weeks, like for him, that just wasn't good enough. Um so it's maybe this could be the start of, of Adam putting like Adam. 
Um, if that's I the case, then he's going to win because his approach play has been amazing. <laughs> his driving has been terrible. And listen, if he loses three and a half strokes again off the tee, he's probably not going to win because he's probably not going to gain 10 strokes putting again. But if we just get to slightly above where he was putting, neutralize the driving, lose a stroke, be break even, but continue up with these approach numbers, six strokes, three strokes, six strokes, two and a half strokes, two of those being the U.S. Open and Memorial and the two weaker field events. He's gaining six strokes on the field with his approaches at an event that doesn't require you to play a lot of 198 stingers out of the rough. It's just going to be a bunch of 110 shots from the middle of the fairway. I don't think I can do it at 22 to 1 because Aberg's there at 22 to 1 as well. The one thing I did notice with Aberg this week, I think that when we see him, I don't know if his wedge game and putting is up to snuff to win one of these. It was for two days, but he had a few chip-ins over that time. I think he's going to be a lot like Vic in the way where he's going to be one of those guys that scores on really difficult holes and kind of mangles the easy ones. You are probably right. Um, to me, I thought he made the Ryder Cup on the third hole on <laughs> Thursday, which was the 12th hole, which is one of the hardest holes there um, beside Luke. But that's a whole other conversation. Hey, he finished he finishes the fourth ranked Swede in the field. Let's not forget that. Yeah, no, listen, people can poo poo on on it, but. Whatever. I feel like I you're just... taking it very personally that he like didn't. No, win. what do you mean? Like, just no, you, I've had fun with people it. are saying this. It doesn't sound like you're having fun with it. it no, sounds like you're like offended. Like the by Ryder it. Cup. I don't care that people like victory lapped him not winning a golf tournament last week. I just mean the Ryder Cup. People, I, I still am of the belief that his like individual single round ceiling makes him absolutely worth taking when you could even protect him and allow him to play his own ball. And I agree, and I, I agree with you, by the way. I think he should be on the team. But I think that there's a, a lot of cases to show that he probably shouldn't be on the team. A lot of cases. That is true. But I also think he, does, he sh- I don't, deserves a weird word. And Europeans, Pat, they look at these sorts of things a lot differently than us, as I've noticed in some of this discourse for the Ryder Cup as it pertains to Aberg. I don't know whether it's because, like, in America and in American sport, we like put such an emphasis on prospects and we like anoint them probably well before they ever deserve it uh, in all the sports, the, the, the top picks in, in the drafts, what have you. Um, so we like see a value in that, that I feel like the European fans are like, no, Yannick Paul. Or like about these like 32 year old journeymen, like dime a dozen European tour golfers. I mean, uh-huh. if he finishes, like, with a decent end to this season, and he might win the Scottish next week. But just based on the numbers, if it came down to one spot between Ludwig and Aaron Rye, I think I'd take Aaron Rye, who's playing amazing golf right now and just no one has noticed. Uh, no, you make some very good points. at that great fin. He's as consistent as anyone. He also has those great single-round situations. And, and he's um, a great fit. I mean, if yeah, Aberg's going to hit the fit. ball 360 dead straight, then he's a great fit anywhere. But for what we know about this course in Rome, which isn't a ton, albeit, because we've never seen, like, all the very top-end players play there. But he's just someone who's going, to, like, you know they're going to grow the rough out. Rye's just not going to get himself into a lot of trouble, which is kind of what you want. Absolutely perfect. And and you are, you're right. He He's a course fit, um, probably a way better course fit than all the guys were sort of arguing around that. He's probably better course fit than even Straka, who's been getting more hub. Back to John Deere. 
Both these guys, Ludwig and Hadwin, they're 22. They both opened at 66 last week. Hadwin stayed at 60-66. Ludwig tumbled to where he tumbled. I, I mean, I don't know that we even brought this up as a debate. I'd probably rather bet Hadwin. It is the approach. It's still the approach is still shaky. There's room to grow. Yeah, as he will. Absolutely. Yeah. So this next range that you mentioned that has Cole's hole in it, uh, Eric Cole has good vibes coming into this. He skipped the Rocket Mortgage last week to go play in a mini tour event for a like in memorial of a friend that you know had passed away. He ended up winning. He ended up <laughs> donating all the money to charity. Now he's back and he's thirty to one currently at DraftKings Sportsbook. I, I I want to bet Eric Cole this week, but to look at it, you have Mitchell at thirty, Cole at thirty. Taylor Moore, Grio, Kirk, Seamus Power, JT Poston. Then you're into like Alex Smalley, Stephen Yeager, Nick Taylor, Montgomery, Patrick Rogers, Ben Ann, Bezaden Hout. Kucher's interesting because Kucher's 50 to 1 right now, but I believe that he is in England trying to qualify for the Open Championship at the moment. He is favored to qualify. Um, there's a book that po- po- has odds up, Pat, on like four different qualifiers taking place in Europe today. So he's in Europe, and he's slated to play in Silvis, Illinois, or wherever the hell this tournament is, in two days. So I'm not going to. Yeah, bet I don't him. see that happening. But again, he would be perfect here if he was just here, right? Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's that basically some version of Matt Kuchar is what you want at this course. But yeah. not, but not Matt Kuchar at the moment. I um. <laughs> I'm like trying to make a bet and being told I'm not located in the province I'm currently in. And that's like maybe the most annoying thing that happens all the time with this new regulation bullshit. Sorry. I like so many guys that you just listed off. I know we already went through Shank, but Shank. When you say say that I listed them off, I just read the odds board. (laughs) Yeah, I but that that range that is like where all my money I feel like is going. Shank, Smalley. Cole, I bet at 40 to 1 already. Uh, Steven Yager, I've bet at 40 to 1 already. So that's where I am. Even Taylor Moore. Taylor Moore's number sunk like has sunk has sunk like like uh Shanks everywhere also this morning, for the most part. I can see that. Although his ball striking, I Smalley was the one that stuck out to me. I just don't know if he can make enough putts. Probably can't. If we look back at last week and we take a look at the approach leaders, we're going to get to a few of the guys that I bet uh, this week already. But Smalley was third in the field in approach last week. He came 47th, but he couldn't putt, couldn't chip. And he never really has that upside when it comes to putting. But he's played well at this tournament in the past. He's played well at Wyndham. And just when you take a look at the overall, like when I factored in the model, when I take a look at it, uh, Smalley's number one. Smalley, Grio, Denny, Sig, Doug Gim, top five. Rio's another one, kind of maybe overlooking him. Can he make um, enough putts? We look at look at where he just won, and look at the winning score of the tournament that he just won at. That feels like he's in the Luke List zone. That it, it needs to be between minus eight and minus twelve. And maybe I'm wrong on that. And he can go out and have the best putting week of his life. We've seen him actually have a few spike putting weeks. But overall, I just think that if you're asking Grio to win a tournament that's twenty one under, it's going to be tough. I agree. And in many ways, as someone who bet Smalley last week, I don't know that. I'm not comparing him to Colmore Kawa, but I just don't see that. Like, I have no belief that that insane spike putting week is there. 
Kirk is interesting to me, too, because he kind of got it back together last week. Very good with his approach after three straight missed cuts at, you know, two elevated events. Played very poorly at Colonial, where he'd historically played well. But on paper, this is a perfect course for him. Just like where he can attack. Um, just put it right at his number. If he hits the putts, he can be there with Hadwin. Exactly. Like Kirk's a better player than Hadwin and you're getting a better price on him. That's the problem with trying to bet Hadwin this week is that you're just getting a terrible price. And then there are the exact same players who are 10 to 40 points more. The same thing with Danny. You're you're paying for the confidence over the eight footers that they're just going in with Hadwin. Like you're paying a premium for that, I guess. No, you're you're paying the price for the form that he just lost in a playoff. (laughs) Yes. But I mean, over over Kirk, like in the simple Kirk v. Hadwin, uh, I'm not like uh, nervously watching the um, hit ball in play run scored. If you know what I mean? No, I, I understand that. But like, is Chris Kirk someone you're just like, oh man, he's such a shitty putter. I can't believe he missed a two footer. No, like Kirk's a fine putter. He's okay. Oh no, no, no. I didn't mean mean like that. But. Um... Hadwin has his stroke back. It's like money in in sure. the bank. I mean, let's, uh, he had his stroke back for four rounds at a place where he historically puts well. Let's not pretend like he's on some sort of Denny run right now. Yeah, you're right. And before that, he had been grossly underachieving with with that. Um, and I, again, I don't know that I can get there at the 22. And as you sort of mentioned, it like goes from poor man's versions, right? Denny's at 16. Hadwin's at 22. We can keep trying to find the poor version of Denny. The bigger number, the better. Can they win? I mean, I would call Mark Hubbard the poor man's version of Denny. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So, I mean, Peter Cust is up here, too. <laughs> Sky, what a shout, eh? Sky, people. Sky hit the top. Uh, we ended up, what, did he come fourth? Yeah. He got a chop of the top five, the full top ten, and the 20 to one. I mean, Sky touted Peter Quest at 600 to 1 last week with all those bets. And he probably won more on that than I did on Ricky Fowler winning. Oh, for sure. Top he, he had the each way at 600 to 1. And it then was, he supplemented it with the the further down the board placings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he got a two, call. He got two thirds on the uh on the each way, unfortunately. And the guy won like 350k. Not Sky, Peter. Yeah, Peter Quest. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is um, this is the area where I actually hit up because I, I couldn't make a choice. Like the, the names that I wrote down were very similar to the ones that you wrote down. Like I have six guys <laughs> off to the side that I don't think I'm going to end up getting to. Maybe Cole I'll get to, but I bet Shank at 35. I was in on him. Cole, Smalley, Jagger, Hadwin, Henley, and Kirk all have my interest, but I don't love their prices. And I've made other bets that fall in this like 30 to 100 range. So for example, I bet Shez Reedy at 80 to one with the top five. I bet Michael Kim at 90 with the top five. Dylon, woo, 90 to one with the top five are all on my card this week. And when we get to 100 to one, there's another two guys that are down there. Like I don't see a substantial difference between these guys and the guy, like there's a difference but I don't think it's a double the odds difference between these guys who are like Steven Yeager and Dylan Wu. Like, Yeager's better, sure. Did they have this about the same chance of winning? Probably. So I have bet one of the three guys you mentioned in that, like, north of 70 in front of 100. Um, I knew Michael Kim was going to be popular as fuck. He's I not popular, though. <laughs> no one's betting Michael I Kim. Sp- Come on. 
The number was bigger than I thought. I still couldn't bet it. I don't remember who the second name you said was, but I bet Dylan Wu. I bet Dylan Wu. I took that ninety. I took that ninety to one. Um, maybe there's not enough long approaches here for his like ultimate strength. But you are making albatross on every hole. <laughs> my perception is my reality. His his approach play from like a hundred and ninety yard out is as good as Scheffler. Like the guy drops his ceiling shots are out of this world. Well, I can tell you, I, I can tell you over the past 12 rounds, Dylan Wu is 66th in this, in this field from 175 to 200. See, yeah. Honestly, the worst thing that ever happened to me, Pat was like going, spending a week at a PGA tour event. Yeah. You don't want to see that stuff. Your eyes lie to you. Or your ears lie to you with Aberg. I mean, I they're not really like lying. Around, but. Oh, my, my ears. My ears. Expensive. It'll be expensive. Uh, yeah. Watching Dylan Wu, like, drop. No one's touching this green in two on a par five. Dylan Wu drops it to two feet. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, And then, yeah, seeing him track. It wasn't just the albatross. He's been doing, doing it. But only, I guess, when I'm tracking him in the sliver moments. Because, as you pointed out, he's 66. So, yeah, never go to a golf tournament ever. So the other Holy guys, shit. like there are other guys down here. That's why I started getting excited about this tournament. Like Lucas Glover, all of a sudden looks pretty good. Brennan Todd, just if the, for whatever reason Todd can't putt anymore, but the rest of his game is exactly where you would want it to be for this tournament. And this just seems like when you look up on Sunday, it's like, oh, Brennan Todd's up by five. It's like that makes a lot of sense. It's a bunch of wedges and it's a bunch of putting. Of course, Brennan Todd is doing well. Uh, Sam Ryder's turned it around a little bit. Kazire still rates out really well. Carson Young has been awesome. Uh, Callum Taron, I did bet at 100 to 1 with the top five. He's down to 75 to 1 now. He's going to be a popular bet. But Chez and Callum Taron last week, when it comes to approach play, were, I mean, amongst the leaders. Like you take a look at strokes gained approach at the Rocket Mortgage, Chez Reavy was number one by over a full stroke over Ricky Fowler. He gained 8.7 strokes on approach, which is pretty insane to think about. And then you take a look at Callum Taron. Taron lost eight strokes putting last week. And I believe he was number one tee to green. Eight strokes. That's that, that that's a lot of strokes. A lot. Shez has been on one. And we're going to a place where it could work. It should work for him again. Um, yeah. The first, yeah, I can the see first time in four months he lost strokes putting. So if he can just keep up the approach play, he doesn't even need to gain nine strokes on approach. Just don't lose two. Gain three. You're doing pretty well here. And there's still there's still hundred to ones in a, out there on uh, on Callum, but I can't see them lasting very long through the day. So those two uh, I went with as well. But like, there's just a lot of names in this section, which is making it hard to narrow down the curve. Like I have bets in on one, two, three, four, five, six guys. Probably add one more. I'm thinking Jagger or Cole is going to be that guy, but you know I can be pulled in different directions. Jagger or Cole like them both I, I bet them both um cole I, I don't know people might think the number was short cut a 40 uh, when it opened with philip this morning and um he went off in canada at 55 and he's played held his form if he if he played last week he could have been down there in the 20s cole maybe maybe not i wouldn't needed to well he could have putted like hadwin 
Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't mind that. And Jagger, this could also be dangerous because as someone that does this week to week, uh, you know, look at the odds boards, I stare at them. I kind of try to remember them, not very well. But when it happened last week, I think I have a good grasp. Jagger was 45 to one last week. He's 40, 40 to one. He's playing great. He played great here last year. Couldn't buy a pot. Our boy was on his bag. Uh, John Rad, Rad uh, John Ratzhaus, like yeah, yeah, here a year ago. Oh, if, he, if he can hit anything, he's going to be in play. But again, it's just like, can he hit enough putts? I already bet him, so I guess I'm assuming he can. <laughs> yeah, so you already and I stared bet. at this guy like week in, week out. Like, should I bet him? Should I bet him? And he's like 55, 60 to one, and he's fields that i think are pretty good that i don't want to bet them and now we're here it's like a, a just like a, a nose hair off off what he's been i'm in i'm in how do you feel about carson young the good c young the, the good c young um certainly playing a lot better uh you know him or eric cole and shaz battling for like smallest guy to win <laughs> trophy i guess this week see that's what um, that see that's my problem with eric cole this week it's eric cole at 35 i bet shez at 80 i can bet carson young at 80 like what's really the difference between those guys you're right you're right and i like Honestly, cole this week but i like all three no, of these but guys. as we have as we have done this this morning i feel more inclined to maybe dump cole well that, that means we should probably get on him then no, I'm not. I, I mean, I don't know. Do I have that track record? I don't, I, I don't know. Just, I, I have that track record of who's my last cut guy. It's like, ah, nah, I'm not going to bet him. I mean, you just did it with Ricky. Didn't want to eat the chalk on Ricky, although you knew you were feeling the Ricky win. It's like, ah, I don't like the price. And of course he wins. And I mean, that's going to be the Henley thing this week. No one's going to bet Henley. He's just going to win. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think people will bet. I think people will bet Henley, though. Um think people will bet henley but no you, you make some good po- like why not bet Svensson at 70 or something i was right? I, I looked at over Svensson, over yeah. cole yeah no no ah, shit i've just talked myself out of a bet i made good thing they're like 99 percent cash out there if i want it well or just kit um, your ride with eric cole like every reason that you like cole is a valid point it's just his pricing is different but if you want to ride with but, cole because of the form I mean, he's coming off a win that can't hurt and good karma like i but, mentioned okay my main reason for betting Cole, though, is like narrative street that I thought on the weekend, I want to bet Eric Cole this week. And then he had that great little story. So it's like I mentally for peace of mind was like Eric Cole watched your research show. You hyped up Eric Cole, even, you know, in sort of guessing what the numbers might be. So I said, man, if they throw a 35 on Eric Cole tomorrow, to me, that's pretty fair. I'd bite that. I'd bite on that. So what did they do when they open? They're 35 40s and I bit. But just two hours later, I'm I'm now having a bit of buyer's remorse. I do not want to be on the ultra there are guys I can back who are ultra popular. You know, like Victor Memorial. Like there are guys, even Ricky last week. I didn't get there. Like, I do not want to be on the super, super popular Eric Cole. That will not end well for us as betters. It, it can't. Well, how do you feel about the super popular Adam Shank? Is it going to end exactly the same way? Because it feels like it might. And I'm on that one. And part of me thinks I'd rather Shank than Cole. I do. I mean, that's um, why I bet Shank. I, I prefer Shank to Cole. 
Paul, though, to me, just can uh, just be little Zach Johnson. Yeah, or Steve Stricker. Hit your wedges, make your putts. Be on your way. That was a fun one, right? Zach had like the ten footer in the year he didn't win to maybe tie, and the 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 like foghorn went off behind him. That was your that, wasn't that the year Spieth won? Maybe, maybe. Little guy, the, in- the little guy open. Bryson couldn't win when he was a big man. He could win when he was a little man. Pat, the post and win here last year another little was man. probably the biggest community win of the year. I, miss, I wasn't on. I, I missed that one. Yeah, but yes, I, I agree wasn't with you. On it. <laughs> Every I, show I did, I think I think it kind of devolved into the same thing. It's like everyone's betting Post and everyone's betting Post. It's like, well, Poston's not going to win. Let's not bet him then. If everyone's on it, clearly he's not going to win. Then he won. I was, I'm like crying because I'm mad and sad and happy at the same time. Well, not actually happy, but yeah, we did our show. Talked about Poston as a nice fit. Everything else I did that week, everyone else was saying they're betting Poston, talking about Poston. And then it gets to a point where like these people, they can't run that good. Or it doesn't work that easy. Screw posting. Oh God. Hundred to oh, one. That was fun. That was fun to watch. Not. <laughs> hundred to one and beyond. Uh, I bet crazy Carl. Carl won. You won. And hundred and fifty to one with a top five each way. I'm sure there are other guys down here. Like if you want to bet Zach Blair, I probably wouldn't kill you because he's just in decent form. We know we can make all those putts, but I don't know. Eventually, you get yeah, too there- low. There's a few hundred to ones out there on um, on uh, on Novak. Is Kazayer actually hurt? I don't know. I don't know anything about golf injuries. Unless he tells you he's hurt and he could be lying. You're not going to know. You thought this one could work lovely for, for him. Yeah, Carl Juan is doing not like these... Lower end events, right? Canada had a had a lead um, on an overnight. Again, he's 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 been playing really well. These shorter courses, it seems. It, the go the go low short course. Well, I mean, it's what he win three times on Corn Ferry last year or two years ago, wherever the hell that was. And they like resort scoring. He just he likes easy courses against weak fields, and like we saw it, he got himself. I show you, I had the Carl Juan bet from last week at like two hundred and fifty to one, and he just shot nine under out of nowhere. Like he'll do that once this week. It just, I think he was even par in the final round yesterday. Like, just avoid that, and you'll be good to go. I like Carl Juan anyway. I have three Euro bets for you. Yeah. Probably feels impossible for him to win, but and we're talking outright, so now I'm just wasting breath, but that seemed like Chesson is kinda no ticking. What but I would, never bet. What what would lead you to that conclusion? Uh, did, did, yeah, right. He's just like he's having mid level finishes in shitty fields. I don't know. There's I guess in typical Chesson fashion, there's like a moment where he looks good. But he's just shit. And I'd rather bet Carson Young at the exact same number there right beside go. him on the board I'm looking at. Like, there it's not go. even close, to be honest. Uh, even Grayson's sick. Euro is happening this week in Denmark. I bet three guys. I bet Bjelk at 25 to 1. Norgard at 42 to 1. Who's won this tournament before? And Guido at 55. And That's a I, nice number on Guido showing form. Yeah, I mean, he flashed a little bit of form and then went away on Sunday. I actually tweeted out, 
Now, here was an opinion I tweeted out for you. I might have to go delete it, although it was the correct opinion, that there were six guys tied for the lead going into the final round of the Euro. I screenshotted the six. I was like, the guy who's going to win this event is going to be the random guy no one's ever heard of in seventh place. And who won? The guy in seventh place, Hillier. Didn't matter. I, I think saw John that tweet. I didn't know. I didn't know he was the guy. He was the guy. Was... He, was, he was alone in seventh place going into the round. Incredible. Yeah, what a shit show. And that guy went full shut six under. Everyone else was over par. Well, the guy who ended up at eight under, fuck, was his name? Or we? we yeah, Steve. We, we, Steve. If anyone saw Kings of Kong, Steve Weeby, Donkey Kong kill screen coming up. He gun, Gunner Weeby was the guy minus eight. He triple bogeyed like the third hole. <laughs> I like that course, by the oh, way. It's a fun, it's fun, it's fun that. course. Oh yeah, they they go to these wild. I don't know, they they create these insane shit shows. But the Belfry, yeah, that's a lovely, that's a lovely course. Donkey Kong, kill that's screen. a nice win. There's Donkey Kong that's kill screen coming win. up over here if you want to see it. Donkey Kong kill screen. Have you watched Kings of Kong? Fistful of quarters. Highly recommended with world's greatest athlete Billy Mitchell. Love Billy Mitchell. This is the documentary on Donkey Kong players? Yeah. I've definitely seen it. It's so good. So good. I think Billy Mitchell, like, cheats at video games. I think that's, like, kind of like the underlying narrative of it. He's such an asshole. It's so great. I think it's free on YouTube if people want to go watch it. Anyway, those are my uh, three Euro bets. Uh, Maybe I can be talked into it. Shout out to Josh Perry. He hit, like, outright Hiller or Hillier, whatever the hell the guy's name is, at 90 to 1, like, pre-tournament. Freaking awesome. Um, props to Perry. All your bets, all your like Taryn and and Shez, that's all each way, right? Oh, yeah. Those are all Shez, Michael Kim, Wu, Taryn, Carl Wan, all each ways. Just Shank is like the only like outright, outright right now. So that should lead us into the quick picks. Those are my quick picks. Shank, Shez, Michael Kim, Dylan Wu, Callum Taryn, Carl Wan. Uh, I'll their numbers, those bottom five from 80 to 1 and beyond. I'll play with the top five each way. I'll have my final bets in the newsletter this week because I still want to talk it through with Tambo a little bit. I do want to go back to someone near the top. Like, I have that short list, but even after talking about, like, Carson Young and those guys, maybe I just had two more of these jabronis. Gim Reaper. You know, I, I want to be there when Gim wins, so I might have to just, like, start betting him all the time. Uh, and he's flashing some good form right now. Bjork, Nogard, Moeller, and uh, Nogard, Moeller, and Guido, 25, 42, and 55 over on Euro. So where are you standing at the moment? Let's see how big of a Doug Gim number. Yeah. 60. Not big enough. I, I think it is. Uh, for me, I have bet I've bet Cole at 40. I've bet Jaeger at 40. I've shown to be wishy-washy on Cole. Um, there's a enhanced shank to 35. Maybe that's like the that, loser. That's the that's, that's, that's the on. exact bet that I bet. I bet it at 33 and cashed out my 33 when the 35 popped up. Yeah, so maybe that maybe that is um the move for me. I mentioned I I bet Dylan Wu 90 to one. That one seems lovely as well. Better than and, Scotty Scheffler from 190 yards. Keep that. And in when mind. I when I. Well, in that case, I'm going to whale play Dylan. Um, Taylor Moore dropping under 30 since we started talking has really kind of annoyed me. But um, I bet him last week, so maybe I've just got those cobwebs. I'm not sure. But Jagger, Shank, Cole. Jagger, Shank, Cole. Okay. One and done picks. 
for the week. Cust, did you see his one and done? I did see his one and done. Player he, he was yelling that was on his TV a couple months ago. Ludwig Aberg for Tim Anderkust at the John Deere Classic. Like, is, is, um, is Ludwig Jump the Shark now? I don't know. Now that Tim, like, knows who he is. Yeah, we, we found those tweets of Tim complaining about Aberg being on TV at API when he was, like, a stroke off the lead. Yeah, but, and Tim, Tim would not hear any of it. Like, you try to be like Tim. He's actually the number one prospect in golf. Like, it's people should be introduced to him. Tim did not want to hear any of it. He just wanted to see someone he'd heard of before. <laughs> that is correct. So what do you want to do with your one and done? Actually, it's probably my pick because I had Ricky last week, so I should vault back up. I was $3 million behind Cuss, so I should be closing the gap a little bit, at least, now that I've actually picked a winner in the one and done. But fuck it, I'll take Shank. Give me Hadwin. Had winning? Do you remember when Hadwin won? What year it was? The Amax or the Valspar? He, he only won the Valspar. He shot 59 at the Amex. He did not win the Amex. <laughs> <laughs> and he lost in the playoff to Long and Phil. Or is that a different year than the 59? Was he in that playoff? Was that him? Yeah. Hadwin was the other guy in the playoff? I want to say it was. I can, I can effort that for us. I, I thought it was someone else. Maybe it was him. Let's see. Uh, yeah, second at the Amex in 2019. That would be him. Lost to lost to Adam Long, him and Phil in the playoff. Or did they just lose by... No, it wasn't a playoff. It's just they all played together on the final day and Long won by a stroke. Because oh. he shot 60, oh, like, yeah. 65 in the final round. Because also Keith Mitchell's win over Brooks and Ricky feels like a playoff, but it was just on the 18th green at Honda. Yeah, same as Long. Long made the putt on the 18th yeah. hole to win. Long putts, too. Well, no, Long's was shorter than Mitchell's. Mitchell's actually a pretty long putt, I think. Yeah, Long made like, uh, Mitchell made like a 25-footer. That sucked. I had Brooks and Ricky that week. Those were my only two bets. But on the way out here, Pat, I got to say, I am just like, for all, I complain a lot. I guess what I do, I don't have enough things to maybe do in the day and not enough real things to worry about. But I am, at the same time, hoping to be a casual I am just so happy, like, with golf at the moment. This run of events and winners, I think it's just been awesome. It's just been awesome. Um, yeah, golf's awesome. That's all. That's quite the insight. No, there's nothing, there's no insight just from all of it. Like, just replaying the last, like, two months of winners. I'm not even winning a lot of bets. Happy to win a couple, but um, I'm just, like, replaying them in my head. I feel good about all of them. Okay. Playing the Listener's League. There's two Listener's League available right now. You can get the John Deere Classic one. That is 2,500 spots. The Open Championship one is $100,000 of guaranteed rake-free money. That is open now. Those always fill so fast. So I recommend that you go over tie up your 45 bucks for two weeks to ensure that you have a spot in what will be not only the best tournament on DraftKings 
of you know every week, but especially that week. I know there's millionaire makers going on, but when you can get flat payouts, no rake in a tournament with 6,667 people with 7,500 to first place and like 4,000 to second, 3,000 to third, it's the tournament you probably want to be in. So go register and reserve your spot in those right now. All right, I'll be back with Tambo on Tuesday, football Wednesday, football Thursday, because hey, I hear football starting up and more coverage coming for you. And I have, I think it worked out to have six straight days of open championship coverage leading up to the event with some really fun guests, uh, a little bit off the beaten path from what we normally do. So I'm looking very much forward to that and locking in that schedule. So please stay tuned for that. Give me the winner in the comment section, smash the like, all that fun stuff, rate and review the pod. But I'm Pat Mayo, and I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!